0: This
1: list sucks, this list sucks, this list sucks, this list sucks, this sucks, it sucks. Welcome back to This List Sucks. I'm JB. Hey everybody, I'm Mike.
2: We have a very special guest tonight. Very special. And just before, you know, like I've heard, like are you, just to be clear, are you actually Lee Stamper or are you just like a spokesperson for OnlyLee.com?
0: I am, uh, I am, I am he. <laughs> in
2: the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Mr. Lee Stamper of onlylee.com.
0: He's only, listen, and if
1: you're familiar with Mr. Stamper from onlylee.com, he's only partially in the flesh tonight. Yeah. I mean, from what we can gather on YouTube, he's partially clothed, which is.
2: You're seeing less of him now than you can see if you go to onlylee.com.
1: Onlylee.com. That's right. Onlylee. Yeah, no freebies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, I'm actually
0: a minority shareholder now. I've sold most of my stocks, so I'm not really the owner of the company anymore, but I still am the talent. So I heard they're shorting the show. Right?
1: I know. That's <laughs> that's what I was gonna hear too. It was like it was a terrible squeeze that was being set up. So when you sold your stake, um, did you did you get into GME?
0: Oh yeah, just GameStop and a little bit of AMC. To the moon. To the fucking moon. You got diamond hands on that son? And then I won't have to do any more sex shows because I'll be rich.
2: <laughs> but you can still do some for fun.
0: You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll still send you guys some videos. You don't have to do
2: all that degrading
0: stuff, though. just the
2: just the acts you want to do, you know?
1: <laughs> True. Um, so in all seriousness, just like uh, a few weeks ago, we had Justin join us from New York um, for some of the albums. We're going to be doing the same thing this week, only of course, you know, we've talked about Lee Stamper, friend of the show, through multiple shows, right? I mean, he's—you you definitely haven't only come up once or twice, and so no. it's nice to be able to bring him in. And just like with Justin, Justin was a big aficionado of the White Stripes, and so that's why we brought him in. Um, Lee Stamper has some. Lee Stamper's got some connections with a couple of the albums on the list this week, and so that's why we wanted to bring him on outside of just his his funness. Yes,
2: but we I'm sure I'm, we're sure that he will return due to his funds yeah
1: absolutely but it's friday so welcome back um happy to have everybody back and of course this is a music podcast and typically we talk about um new music and today was a new music friday but it was another one of those
2: another one of those not much kind of, kind of days yeah it was yeah. a weep.
1: it was a weep womp yeah you know it's okay because
2: there's there's some good stuff to talk about from the listening for this week very so. much Yeah. And it was a crazy week. You know, I don't even know if I would have been able to focus much on new music, anyways. That's right. With the shit going down this week. Yeah. Namely, GameStop going to the fucking moon.
1: To the moon, as long as we keep Diamond Hands. So, for anybody that just listens to this podcast and tries to not pay attention to anything else happening in the world, there was like this weird mini. This weird mini plebeian revolution in the in the financial markets
3: this week. Class stock warfare. Park.
1: Yeah, hardcore class warfare, yeah. right? This is like <clears throat> Occupy Wall Street was like, you know what? Drum circles in the park were fun.
2: But didn't really do anything.
1: <laughs> so fuck that. Like let's just start let's just start destroying hedge funds yeah. <laughs> With stimmy cool. checks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Our stimmy check
1: money we're gonna Destroying
0: hedge funds and getting rich ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yes. I mean, potentially getting rich,
0: right? Because, I mean, a lot of people. <laughs> heard it here first. Lee says it's going to the moon. <laughs> Mike already told me this is a risk free investment. He said that several times. <laughs> and this is what he does. You know, this is what he does. So you got to trust him. From a,
2: from a fiduciary.
0: Uh, no, listen. He's also personally guaranteeing any losses that occur. <laughs> I know you were doing that I'm, so I'm nice. issuing I'm <laughs> issuing credit
1: default swaps against individual investors. <laughs> um it in all seriousness, it was a really crazy week and as a I mean, we're all well you guys are you guys are roughly the same age. Lee and I? Yeah yeah you guys are roughly the same age, and I'm not like I'm older than you guys and so as an as a like an as an older part of an older demographic, there's always been this notion that at some point in time millennials are gonna come into their own in a way where millennials will start making more decisions about what's gonna happen in the world of the future yeah, and this week was like a weird I don't know. It it feels like in ten years we could look back at this point and be like, yep.
2: As a turning point, does this feel like the first step? A little
1: bit, yeah. Yeah. To me it does anyway. It could be a
2: massive wealth transfer. I mean not well, it could like be like we talked about not enough to really make a massive difference for the for the one percent necessarily, but it's somewhat of a difference.
1: Well, and it could make a huge difference for people that you know, for people that were able to get in on this early as long as they're able to get out in a way where, you know. Yeah. Where you don't get your face ripped off.
0: And it's so fitting for our generation that it would be like a meme stock of a dying company.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I love that too. I mean, I really, I really, really fucking love that too. And that's part of the reason why, that's part of the reason why I love AMC, you know, because AMC is like the one other just, Kind of really piece of shit stock that's been beat to hell. Um, yeah, that's it's a little bit latched on to GameStop in a way,
2: but it probably has more potential. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking on my ass, but from what I just the facts, I would think it has more potential to go back up. Because I mean, just after the pandemic's over, people will still go to see movies, but it's not like people are going to start you know retail
3: purchasing <laughs> <movies>. <laughs> not that. Much anymore, you know,
1: I mean, unless there's a huge run on fucking Zelda
3: yeah I mean
2: <laughs> well the
1: probably- new uh
0: the new systems don't even have disk drives anymore yeah
2: yeah so what are they gonna sell
0: <laughs> supposedly they made a deal with Microsoft some kind of distribution thing with Microsoft but I agree with you I think AMC seems more more like a real long-term investment
1: yeah I mean it, it listen at least there's something tangible there that people know and I still think there's a lot of people that love the movies right? oh yeah so I mean, I love the movies But at the same time, I got to thinking about that guy from Chewy, right? Which is why everybody got so excited when when he got in on GameStop. And I got to thinking about this the other day. If you could take every used game from every piece of shit GameStop fucking storefront and get it all into like a handful of centralized locations and then created an online marketplace that only dealt in used games and di- and you got rid of all the retail fronts you got rid of all the rent and all that shit maybe mm-hmm. that's maybe that's where GameStop. stop maybe that's the future of game stop because that, that could have a viable
2: future i don't know the specifics of it but mm-hmm. i know that 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 is something that they're like just in general that's what they're kind of aiming towards is becoming like the amazon uh, of video- tech and video games but beyond video games more more just just tech in general i think it's yeah like they're, they're
1: goals. yeah I mean, it could be, it could but, happen.
2: But, but You know, so I've heard that a lot, but the other part of me thinks,
0: wait, isn't Amazon?
2: Is it Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> like they sell that shit too. No,
0: no, 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 no. It's going to be like Amazon, but shittier. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. So, I'm buying more. I'll more.
1: <laughs> um, I do, I do work in finance and I am an advisor, so I just feel obligated at this point in time just... <laughs> Please, anybody that's fucking around with this, just understand the risk, right? Second mortgage. I'm, God
2: damn it. Yeah, no, I'm with Lee.
1: <laughs> Everybody understand the risk. And, um, and yeah, there just, is almost
2: none,
1: <laughs> is what
0: he's trying
2: to say. So.
1: As long as
0: you sell by Tuesday, you're guaranteed to get rich. So just put everything you
3: have.
2: <laughs> oh, God. That's not, so that's not what Mike said. <laughs> that is a yeah. word the rest of us are saying. Yeah, that's what
1: that's what WSBers are saying.
2: But Mike, the only one that actually knows what he's talking about here is
3: not speaking. <laughs> let's be clear.
1: Yes, let's be super clear about that. Great, um, great albums this week. Not really anything on the new music front because normally that's something that we'd like to talk about. Although I will say this: uh, stopped by the record store today, and I was able to score The Stooges,
2: the one from the list.
1: Yes, the one oh, from yeah. the list. Fucking super excited about that. that. I know, and I haven't spun it yet, but I'm really excited about it. I also picked up the um the green and yellow platter versions of Sturgill's Cut and Grass Volume nice. One. Yeah, and they have multiple copies of that by the way, down at Mars, if you're interested in it. And then I almost
2: got you that for Christmas. Oh. But then I like decided.
1: So. Drive and listen, drive by truckers is fantastic. Yeah. Like it was nice. Thank you. Listen, yeah. Well, it's yeah. a thought that It
2: was part of me that thought you might have already had it, but now that I know you didn't
1: no because i didn't pre-order it um but yeah. then the other one that i the other album that i scored today was uh brothers in arms from dire straits oh nice yeah okay i love that record what's on that is that is um so far away from me um money for nothing and sultan's of swain, yes, and i on. fucking love sultan's of okay. yeah dude yeah that song gets better every time i
0: hear
2: it do you really hate that song well because i'm a musician and i play in bands and like god that just comes up so much people just always want to hear that shit and i've played it probably a hundred times and you really start to hate it so, really yeah there's and no
1: part of it that's exciting anymore
2: i mean if i haven't done it in a while i like doing that that's what i mean dude it's
1: cool you're yeah. a fucking guitar player it sounds a lot harder than it is say that it's a cheap thrill <laughs> <laughs> But listen, for idiots that don't know how to play guitar, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So super excited about the vinyl.
2: Yeah, no, I, sorry, I wasn't trying to tell you. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's definitely exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anything for you? Anything new on the vinyl record front? On the vinyl
2: record front, let me think. Um, well, I did pick up, I think I mentioned already, but I did pick up the yes from, the one, from two weeks ago.
1: And you picked that up for me, too. And I got that for you, too. Dude, that's a fucking fantastic spin. Our friends... Really uh, good spin. Friends of
2: the podcast, Justin and Avery, gifted me um, Days of Future Past by... Uh,
1: On vinyl?
2: By Moody Blues. Yeah.
1: Wow. I guess that shows me where I fucking stand in the goddamn friendship, goddamn ranking.
2: You were in Texas. <laughs> were in Texas. I'm just kidding, yeah. Sure, they would have given it
1: to you. I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure that I would have got that if I wasn't in Texas.
2: Yeah, undoubtedly.
1: I'm just teasing. I love Justin (laughs) and April too. But, um, they don't hate you though, (laughs) (laughs) evidently. Just not as much. Not as much indeed. (laughs) Um, what do you say? Do you guys want to jump into it? Let's jump into it. Because we got good stuff.
2: Yeah, we got 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 good stuff this this
1: week. So,
2: for those who are not aware, we are currently going through. Rolling Stones list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Yep. Oh, before we get into this, I did want to notice, I think, I did want to note, I think that this is, today's our 20th episode.
1: Is it? Yeah. Is that including bonus episodes? Yeah, it includes
2: bonus episodes. Okay. But, uh, because, yeah, so this is (laughs) our 20th episode, noteworthy. Let's cheers to that. Cheers
1: to 20. Cheers to you, Lee Stamper. Yeah, we would cheers with you, too. This is a cross-country cheers.
2: So that's not like twenty, not like we're hundred records in, because that's what twenty would be, but twenty episodes, including bonus episodes, is our twentieth podcast we have recorded since we started. So yeah, thank you all so much for sticking with us through this. We hope you're enjoying it. We sure are.
1: I absolutely. And listen, we're we're expanding geographically too, because new friend of the podcast, Jennifer Stout. Like Ooh, she's yeah. yeah, she sent us a message this week. Um, really, really gracious about, um, how much she's enjoying and, um, yeah, <laughs> she actually, she sent us a, she sent us a wonderful email about TV shows.
2: Yeah. But she's on episode two. So yes, it's going to be exciting for her to eventually catch up with this.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Um, depending on how fast she's listening and hopefully,
1: yeah and hopefully she's got other music nerd friends out on the west coast because she's out in california and so hopefully we can hopefully we can get like a firm footing with the california demographic yeah they won't understand us talking about snow and shitty weather and stuff like that yeah that's okay i'm just here for the music though
2: uh, i did notice that as far as our youtube
1: stream <laughs> <laughs> Please see recording from a dog kennel.
0: <laughs> Can you oh, hear me? that? You. No. Oh shit, sorry.
2: Not coming through at all.
0: <laughs> here, let me mute it for a little bit here.
2: No, you're fine. You're, fine. Um, you're but fine. I was gonna say I noticed as far as our as our YouTube channel, um, in terms of our the, the amount of listeners we have, only like ten percent is from the United States. Wow, pretty exciting. So.
1: Dude, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you for people around the world listening to us. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Super, super awesome. Um,
2: but anyways, should we get into it?
1: Let's jump. Yeah. Okay, let's jump.
2: so picking it back up, today we are doing albums 435 through 431 on that Rolling Stones list. Coming in at 435 is Pet Shop Boys. Actually, Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> <and, laughs> because we're doing this from a pet shop, so it's <laughs> uh, Pet Shop Boys, actually from 1987. <clears throat> Neil Tennant was one of England's best-known musical journalists. music journalists when he formed this 80s synth-pop duo with Chris Lowe. The Pet Shop Boys scored a number one smash with West End Girls, their ode to queer cruising. But they took their satirical wit even further on Actually, perhaps the only album on this list where the singer is yawning on the cover. <clears throat> the boys dissect the sex and money connection in rent, shopping, and the Dusty Springfield duet. What have I done to deserve this? So, boys, what'd you guys think about the Pet Shop Boys?
1: Well, I'm okay with it.
2: Okay with it? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I bet you. Not a strong endorsement?
1: No. Um, it's hard because when I see the name Pet Shop Boys, all I want to hear is West End Girls. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> I actually don't know that song. <laughs> it was a little before sure. your time. <laughs> Lee, Lee, what did you think about Pet Shop Boys?
0: Um, I'm on the same page as you. It was just all right. Um, I liked it quite a bit, but it just felt like there was something missing. Like, it, there's nothing I could say I didn't like about it, but it also, I can't. Nothing really blew me away either. Although I thought it, would, I thought it got better as the album went along.
2: So it just didn't really resonate with you that much. No. Yeah, I get that. Um, I gotta say, I enjoyed it a lot more on my second listen.
0: Yeah, I did too.
2: Yeah, uh, there were, there were a couple of really cool tunes that I that I actually liked a lot. Um, one of which was 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 shopping. The first time I listened to it, I was just driving around, running errands and shit, and I put on this song. And I thought it was just a silly, dumb, like cringeworthy tune about fucking shopping. Yeah, but it turns out it was actually like a political tune. And it was about the criticism of privatization which was a policy of uh margaret, margaret thatcher's at the yeah time. and uh <clears throat> and then just reading into this and kind of looking at some of the lyrics i realized a, a lot more of this is, is political super political of it, and some of it is just silly like, <clears throat> or you know frivolous topics but
1: yeah probably half of it is tongue-in-cheek but the other half of it is like it's real like it's really kind of scathing social commentary about what was going on in England at this point in time. Cause this was basically the end of Margaret Thatcher's um, or at least pretty close to the end of Margaret Thatcher's tenure as the prime minister. And she was really big. Like there was a huge amount of privatization that, um, that England went through during her reign as prime minister. And Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Like I, the first time I heard it, there's that weird, uh, like Mister Roboto effect that they have going on behind the
3: shopping, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Uh, yes, and it was shopping. like it was so it was so offputting to me the first time that I heard yeah. it. I just didn't get it. But, but the then I think
2: it was you that told me because I was like, if I was making fun of it, and Mike was like, hey, you should look into that because that's not it's not as simple as it seems. Yeah, I did and uh, it definitely is a lot better after that. No, I thought there were a lot of kenchy tunes on this. There were some really cool bass lines. Um, there were like touches of New Age in it, like a, almost of mm-hmm. headsy kind of stuff. Going a little on. bit. I mean, obviously good, good synth tunes, or good synth lines rather. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It's like a it's like a synth pop
0: album. The beats on uh, the song "I Want to Wake Up" are really good.
2: Yeah.
1: Absolutely, they get
0: they get really um, they get really out there towards the end of the song. I like that one a lot.
1: Yeah, the, the like the outro to that song it kind of turned into a jam, right?
0: It's kind of like a like a lighter version of like a Nine Inch Nails outro or something. It's very it, like it's kind of complex and re, re, although it's repetitive, it's pretty complex and it's pretty cool.
2: And actually, that was another thing that I that I, I noticed in Nine Inch Nails comparisons to, to, throughout as well.
1: Um, Interesting. Yeah. I didn't get that. What were
2: other bands that you that you that you thought were comparable.
1: That's funny because this instantly turned me on to Tears for Fears.
2: Dude, that was, that's what I was about to mention. <laughs> Especially on the last song King's Cross, I wrote Tears for Fear, Tears for Fears vibes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then so I noticed like talking heads, similarities, what other. So the one complaint I have against this is I think this is really good, but for me, what it reminds me of is Wham.
1: Well, I would rather listen to Wham. Yeah, like a sh- <laughs> yeah. like a, sh- like a low-cost version of Wham. Right? Like Discount Wham. Yeah, yeah Discount Wham. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love I loved the guy's voice throughout the whole thing. Like, his voice is really easy to listen to. It's, yeah,
2: it's very palatable.
1: Yeah, and the synth, and the 80s synth that you get through this whole thing, it for me, it's really nostalgic, right? Like, there's an entire generation of music that's like this. And most of it... It's now, you know, 20 years ago for me, it would have been that is horrid horse shit and you can't listen to it. But now, <laughs> but now the, it. well, yeah, now there's like just a certain nostalgia that comes along with it that I really like.
2: Well, Did remind you of anyone? Sorry,
0: Lee, you go ahead. I was just going to say it's also hard to, it's hard to put yourself back in the mind frame of when this was contemporary and give them the credit that they have for contributing to that eighty sound. Because now it sort of seems like a stereotypical '80s sound, but they were part of what made that sound popular too. Yeah,
1: yeah, and but that's but that is again like that's where my criticism would be that what I would really like to hear is I would really really like to hear the Pet Shop Boys debut album, which does have Westing Girls on it, because a it was. You know, this album was released in 1987, and so a lot of this really synth-heavy stuff had been around for years at this point in time, and so I think that this is a a much more polished and refined version of that 80s dance pop that that came from that era, Um, and the debut album, which there's a part of me that thinks that we're going to get that album later on in the list. That's what I was going to ask Yeah, it's coming up. I do like I think that both of these albums make it onto the list and I think that their debut winds up a little bit higher interesting um, I now listen, I don't think that it's north of three hundred like in yeah. fact, I think that if we're gonna encounter it maybe we encounter it within the next um you know maybe within the next seventy five albums or so uh-huh. but I'll be disappointed if we don't get it
0: frankly. this is a band to me that I think is much better suited for like playing like a mix or a compilation of them. Like I don't need a whole Pet Shop Boys, one album specifically, but I would love to listen to a mix of their best stuff
2: from each album. Greatest Hits, yeah. 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 Although we are fundamentally against Greatest Hits here at this list. Right.
3: Yeah,
2: and and I, I agree. I but am. if I'm
0: driving around in my car, I would listen to that before I listen to this whole album again. And I hear you, yeah.
2: But the question is, should it be on
0: the list?
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's. I think that there's. I hate, I hate anthology. Okay, so my order of hatred.
2: The- <laughs> anthologies.
1: Anthologies <laughs> is at the top. Fuck you. Yeah, just well, fuck Melvin you. Is
2: above that. Yeah,
1: and like fu- I mean, know the capital. Then it's uh, <laughs> anthologies.
2: <laughs> to interject
1: with that. Like, right after Hedge Funds and, and specifically Melvin Capital, it's going to be anthologies on and on a greatest hits or on a greatest albums list. Yeah. Fuck Produced by Phil Spector. Yeah. Well, fuck everything yeah. by Phil Spector. Hey, man, we completely we dropped the ball on that, that too. Yeah. Thank you, Lee. Listen, for everybody that wasn't paying attention to the world, we have a solid reason to fucking... Let's throw up another cheers. Are we cheers. Cheering
2: to the death of a man?
1: No. <laughs> We're cheersing to the death of a fucking monster. Of oh, a
2: fucking predator.
1: Of a yeah. monster. Did he predator. just die? Yes. Like last I didn't even week. know. Like I last thought he Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. He just died. It was about a week and a half ago, and we really should have brought this up on last week's show, but we just... We meant to. We
2: actually received numerous emails about it. <laughs> numerous emails. <laughs> to the...
1: Yeah, you know,
2: so... It out saying, hey, you should mention this on next week's podcast. Yeah. And we still didn't.
1: No, we fucked fuck. up. Yeah. But that's okay. So, Phil Spector, fuck off. Like, yeah. I hope that hell is hot. I hope burns shit out of you. Yeah. Um, okay, so now, reversing back to Phil Spector, we gotta go back to Pet Shop Boys. As we like to do... um, A couple of things for me. If you're only going to listen to a couple of songs on this record, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you three. The three that stood out to me most. One we already mentioned, and that was near the end of the album. I want to wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, Hit music.
3: Okay,
2: so I that was one of the ones I was going to recommend as well. Hit Mm
1: -hmm. music is a fucking jam, and then shopping.
2: So shopping's good. I also like it's a sin a lot. That was track seven on there. Um, Hmm it's a sin. You remember that one?
1: It's a dancer, dude. dude big time That's band. a big-time dance banger. Yeah.
2: Good melodies, good track, in my opinion. I would listen to that one as well. Yep. Um, but I did want to say one thing. Oh. The voice, to me, and this is, I should have mentioned this earlier, but really, really strongly reminds me of the lead singer from, like, the Death Cap, Death Cap for cutie Oh, Ben Gibbons? Yeah. Okay. Did you hear that at all? Listen back and tell me if you think that. We'll talk about it. At some point, probably not on the
1: podcast. But. Do you think Death Cab for Cutie has any m's on this list? No. No? I yeah, I don't think so either. Oh, I think they
2: do. You think they do? Which one?
1: Plans. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know
0: the which guy. one, but I think they do.
1: Okay. All right. Okay.
0: People, uh-huh. people that love Death Cab really love Death Cab. And they had a lot of people that were voting on this list that I think would have been influenced by that band.
1: That's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. Anything stand out? Anything stand out to you?
0: Uh, my two favorite were Kings Cross and I Want to Wake Up, which are the two of the last three songs. I really like the back half of this album a lot more than the front half. Yeah, Kings Cross was great. Yeah, um, it was I, a bit.
1: Uh, Kings Cross was a bit too moody for me.
0: Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I'm a sucker for that though. The Smiths and all that mm-hmm. type of. Tears for okay. Fears, the melodramatic '80s stuff. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you.
2: I actually did end up adding this to digital, but I'm not super interested in vinyl. I
1: did not. I did not add it to digital because I'm I'm kind of siding with Lee on this one. Like, if I'm gonna, because I would absolutely add Tears for Fears, but I would rather have a best of their early years.
2: I get that perspective.
1: Rather than this yeah. record, and I'm definitely not. I mean i wouldn't hunt for this record on vinyl the debut with west end girls you'd get that fuck yeah i would um which which makes me think that we're gonna get it
2: so yeah i wrote vinyl no list i wrote sure <laughs> So i don't <laughs> feel super strongly about it but i don't feel strongly about taking it off.
0: i think it's better than a lot of the stuff that we've encountered elsewhere on the list yeah so i'm kind of there too i'm okay with it i would buy it on cassette I don't have one also. You do the A track of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not against keeping
1: it on the list, but at the same time, if we don't ever get the, the, um, the Pet Shop Boys debut album, then I'm going to say, fuck this album and give me the debut instead of this one. Right? So it just kind of depends.
2: Depends on the future.
1: Yeah, it depends on how it plays out. So, yeah. All right, well, moving right along, if nobody has anything else to add, now we're going to move on to number 434, which is the 1994 album from Pavement entitled Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. Rolling Stone says, after the indie rock Slacker King's dazzling debut, slanted and enchanted, nobody knew what Pavement would try next for an encore. Crooked Rain turned out to be their sunniest, most tuneful music, a concept album about turning twenty-eight. Full of pastoral beauty and wise ass melody with echoes of credence and Hendrix, maybe even the dead. Stephen Malchmus' breathy vocals and bittersweet guitar ripples in Gold Sounds, Silence Kid, and Range Life capture the moment of feeling stranded halfway to adulthood, so drunk in the August sun. Fuck, I did not read any of that before I listened to, listen to the record. I started
2: laughing in the middle.
3: Echoes of the, echoes of the dead. Huh?
2: What do you guys think about that
1: statement? Um, Lee? <laughs> I, man, I don't... Yeah, I, I don't... N-
2: I don't hear it at all.
0: Yeah, I'm not... Maybe, I, maybe if
2: I like went in with that in mind? But I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't think have- the dead
0: ever even dreamed of doing anything as good as the stuff on this album.
2: Yeah, I mean, those <laughs> fucking... Chinks. So then, this, is, this <laughs> is one of the albums uh, that prompted us to want to invite... Mr. Lee Stamper on onto this podcast. Wow. I guess he's a, <laughs> a pretty big fan of right, like
0: Lee. Yeah. Um, actually, I, so the reason I got into this was from listening to Modest Mouse, especially early Modest Mouse. I had read a lot about how the, this band was a big influence on them. Yeah. And if you listen to this album and you listen to the first two Modest Mouse albums, it's pretty much, I mean, it's basically Modest Mouse doing this style of, of music. And uh, I was pretty familiar and I liked them, but um, listening to it this week has been really fun. I've gotten way more into it than I ever was before. I've listened to this album probably six, seven times this week. And I've also listened I to two of wondered. their other albums. I've listened it's to their two two other albums that are just as good to me. I think they have three albums that are all equally good. So I've been really deep into Pavement this week. Was this one of the albums you were into before this week? Um, So actually Slanted and Enchanted was the one that is usually shows up on the list of like the best albums of the nineties. It's usually the one that gets mentioned if Pavement gets mentioned. Interesting. Um, I think I actually like this one better a little bit. Um, and then they have another one called Wowie Zowie, which is a little more out there, but also equally good. So do you think Slanted and Enchanted is going to be on this list later down? I do. Yeah. If this one is on, I can't imagine that Slanted and Enchanted is not And I honestly think that Wowie Zowie deserves to be, but I can't imagine they're going to put three pavement albums in the top 500. Yeah. So that's it's kind of rough, but I think I think all three should be on there, honestly.
1: Really? That's because that was the question I was going to ask is if there were three pavement albums, if you felt like it, if you felt like it made sense to have all three pavement albums on there, given the breadth of the snubs that like the breadth of the snubs that we're working through off Reddit.
0: So if I was making the list, I would put all three albums on, but I'm also not saying that I believe they deserve it in terms of, I'm talking about your list. They're three of my favorite top five hundred albums, most likely, but I'm not gonna say that they were more impactful or deserve to be on the list more than some of the stuff that got snopped. I'm gonna
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna say this, like a a few things. One, I didn't realize that pavement was from Stockton, which kind (laughs) of endears them to me, like, like like you know this album was released in nineteen ninety four I was a junior in high school in turlock, like an hour and a half away from stockton and to, yeah, and to think wow. that and I think that these guys were were doing this, you know, and they weren't prolific tours because from everything that I started digging into whenever I was reading, like some various band members were a not really into the whole rock star thing. some of them were developing um Drinking habits that weren't necessarily like great for, great Just for being me, a yeah. rock and roll star, you know. And so, um, I, I don't know. Like they definitely didn't get their due when they were making all this music, but at yeah. the same time, you know, in these years when I was there, I wouldn't have encountered any of this music anyway because this is really like this is like roots indie music, if there is such a roots
2: thing. indie. I like that. Yeah. Right. That's actually a good way to put it because. One thing that I noticed was that it's like alt rock, kind of like almost punkish on like the vocal side. Yeah. But with like twangy guitar. You know, like the guitar is is, is heavily like twangy, like almost country elements to the guitar. So there's I, some yeah. like surf rock
0: stuff in it too, some of the songs. Definitely like yes. rock,
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so actually love, go ahead, Lee. The uh, this is a weird thing. I don't even know how to really describe this, but listening to that Listen to this album with headphones on, with my eyes closed, just kind of zoning out on this music. Following the guitar, I kind of like, I actually got you kind of almost like it. a-
1: Just <laughs> so sorry. Our producer is <laughs> upset at the fact that he's going to have to drink Basil Hayden. He's
2: not happy with the offering at the bar over there.
0: No. It, following the guitar track on some of these songs, I literally got the feeling of like motion sickness or seasickness. Like the, On which,
1: Is there any track in particular that you felt that way, Lee?
0: <clears throat> trying to remember. Let me see. But it was just so weird. And I think it's meant to be sort of unsettling and sort of off kilter. But I love it. Um, was it Fillmore Jive? No, it was earlier than that. Um,
1: I loved Fillmore Jive, by the way. And it got, like, so messy and so weird yeah, with like guitar with crazy, noise
2: chaotic build to it yeah yeah but
1: god man i like. The, I, solo on that. yeah i got really sold on that like and and like i said it was just it was so bizarrely chaotic well that's
2: but... weird They that say that because part of me was like identifying that as what what would be described as lo-fi <sighs> a
0: little
3: bit In my opinion, <laughs> hates that
0: fucking shit oh i fucking hate and this is by far the best album for uh for mike because slanted and enchanted has some songs on that album that are so grating to the ear that i think mike would scream and wowie zowie is similar too it gets real lo-fi at certain points and i know mike struggles with that
2: yeah i liked it a lot overall i'm like I'm intrigued to check out more pavement because this was like my first foray into these guys. Me too. They just have this unrefined quality that I find really like endearing. And not unrefined in a bad way, it's just like it's a little bit rougher on the edges, but intentionally.
1: Yeah. And it's the it makes sense. No, it does because it's the intention that I dig. Yeah. It Where feels I mean, honest for sure.
2: Yeah, no, it feels genuine
3: absolutely
1: yeah and and honest might be the best word for it because because when i listen to somebody like the growlers or somebody that is a much more contemporary artist that is intentionally making shitty sounding recordings i think that they're just dumb for making a shitty sounding recording but this was 1994 again i think a lot of this stuff and this was their this was their second album so their first album these may have been only eight-track recorders or four-track recorders that they were tracking all this stuff on. And been, so, yeah. you know, the lo-fi nature of the production isn't because they were like, hey, let's make something that sounds like shit.
2: let intentionally lo-fi. Yeah, no. It's, I know. it's just a natural quality, s- circumstantial.
1: It's fucking Stockton natural. in 1994, all right? all right? Like, there's not... <laughs> like, that's, not a, that's not an epicenter of... of Musical recording technology,
0: but they can also kind of catch you off guard. You get into this rhythm of sort of similar sounding vibe, and then out of nowhere, you get something like five minus four equals unity, which was like God, almost like that. a jazz instrumental in, interlude. Yeah, I instrumental love that track.
2: The reason they called five minus four is because it's in that's the time signature. It's oh, in, it on, four,
0: really?
2: Um. Jesus. But actually what it was is, and, and it kind of changes. It goes between five a 5-4 five, section and just a regular 4-4 four, four section. But okay. the 5-4 section was really interesting because it was three measures of 5-4 and then one measure of 6-4. So like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, three, 4, 5, 1, 2, three, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1. And then it repeated that sequence. Wow. Um, so that's why they called that 5 minus 4
0: equals 1. You know,
2: There's
0: also like, some surprising two, moments with like, uh, a few songs. The one that's, uh, that I can think of off the top of my head is Heaven is a Truck. There's kind of a beautiful piano line that comes out of nowhere. And I would catch the piano here and there throughout the album. And there's some really good stuff in there that doesn't, it, it seems like it drops out of nowhere, given that the rest just sounds like almost like a less polished kind of a Weezer sound, you know?
1: Yeah. I like, I the notes that I made on that one was, it felt like a cooler track to me. Right. Like just like literally just a cooler track, not meaning like it's cooler than something else. Meaning like they just come off some, they, they just came off some much. God damn it. Like a cool, so, sorry. I got to take a really, I got to take, I got to just take an editorial <laughs> comment. When we started this, <laughs> god damn it. When we started this, record, when, when we started this recording on YouTube, we're trying to be cognizant of time. You and know. so Jamie, <laughs> Jamie's job was... No
0: way. Was no crazy. way. We just talked about this.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: and actually, this is a colossal failure on
2: multiple
3: friends. I'm sorry.
0: Whoops. Okay. JD was supposed to be together. keeping time, and clearly he has not.
3: Yeah,
2: my fault, guys. He, I guys. he, he shit the We're bed. 57
1: seconds not- <laughs> 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 and, the, and the local producer of the show is literally doing nothing except complaining that he has to drink Basil Hayden. So, <laughs> this is clearly the quality that you're getting tonight. I love you guys so much. Okay, um, listen, back to Heaven is a Truck. It's a cooler track. To me, it was trying to be too cool. That's 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 the summation of what I had about that. Huh. Yeah. I liked it. Listen, I really liked the record overall. Yeah. Like I, I you thought really it felt did.
2: Not genuine on that one track. You thought you thought they were just trying a little too hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't Well think. then it's followed by Hit the Plane Down. I believe it's followed immediately after that. Yeah, um,
2: like the like the talk box or something. It was like really distorted vocals. I wasn't sure if it was the talk box or if it was just like overdriven vocal mic, but um yeah, his, his well,
0: really I love the bass line on that song, but I was playing that with my friend Nick, and he hated it so much. Mm. And it just repeats throughout the entire song. To yeah. me, I felt like it was intentional and added to the song, but he was ready to, he wanted to turn it off for sure. I okay, so.
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of with your buddy because musically I was, musically I thought it was okay, but lyrically I loved the song. Like the lyrical content of that song was really. It was really cool. I mean, it was clearly a song about drug addiction and just, like, addiction in general. But lyrically, I loved the imagery lyrically and musically is where it was just, like, it was okay. I I mean, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't anything special to me either.
2: I really did love, like, musically, I loved the guitar player. And it's not that he was doing anything complex. It was just he had this, like, rough around the edges, but yet, like, super confident about every note he played quality to him um I, I guess i don't even know if it's a guy but uh, <laughs> i said to him but, uh, jb have you ever listened to
0: the first couple uh modest mouse albums
2: um you know no i know like a couple tracks off the top of my head i don't know if they're from those first albums or not but you uh, should listen to those
0: first two and just see how similar it is to pavement because it's okay. uncanny
2: i'll do that for sure yeah um and i wonder if there's any modest mouse on the list
1: Ooh, I that's a it. super solid call because, no, actually, I think there is. I think um, good news for people who like bad news is going to be on the list, actually. And if it's not, I will fucking outrage because I love that. I, I really, really love that record. It's their it's definitely their most commercially successful one, which is also why I think it blows well to be on the list. But they didn't make the Reddit snub list. And without them being on the Reddit snub list, I have to Maybe believe that... Wrong. Yeah, I gotta believe that Modest Mouse makes an appearance. I would hope.
2: I really like the the vocals as well. What do you think of the vocals, guys? I liked him. Yeah, I like I liked when his when his voice like cracks a little bit on a couple mm-hmm. of times. I actually enjoy that. I think he has a nice like breathy quality to his voice.
1: I do too. I like uh,
0: especially when he gets a little a little bit out there too. Like uh, there's the one song where he just keeps yelling "Korea" over and over again,
1: and I love it, man.
0: That's when I really feel the emotion ready. in his voice when he's just yelling, you know. Not yelling, but you know what I mean? Yeah. A controlled kind of emotion. Yeah.
1: Um, I would probably tell you to listen to Stop Breathing. Um, the dreamy quality to that track, I really, really loved. And it was funny because that was another one of those kind of lo fi tracks. Like, I made a note, it sounded sludgy to me. But then there was also almost like this weird dream pop type quality to it that yeah. I dug it. I, wrote, I really it was, dug it. Like a dreamy uh,
2: bridge on that
1: Yeah. And that's what would pull me in, right? Like that 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 kind of just like that once in a while dream like quality is what sucked me back into the song. And I I really loved it. Really the
2: highlight for me was unfair. Track six.
1: Mm.
0: That's the most like straight-ahead rock song I think to me, yeah. Yeah, it was like a '90s like alternative rock kind of sound. Yeah, my favorite was definitely Range Life. I've had Range I, Life stuck in my head for three days now.
1: I'm right there with you, Lee, because that was another one that I put multiple stars on, and and I, you know, I called out "Stop Breathing" as my one track, but um, honestly, Fillmore Jive and Range Life would be right there with me.
2: Was Range Life the one with the jab at STP?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah,
2: that was kind of funny. And the smashing pumpkin, smashing uh, pumpkin, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Which that made for really good reading, like yeah, really good reading. Lyrics were, yeah.
0: Which I would, read that he regretted that later on and said that he would not have put those lyrics in there if, as a more mature lyricist, he,
1: yeah. And if he knew how much it, it would it it ended up pissing off the other artists because he I mean, didn't really yeah and he didn't intend to piss anybody off apparently Stone Tumble Pilots got
0: way more pissed about it that's um, weird
2: that's their fucking problem if, if somebody if he wrote that I would be like I would be that like,
0: oh. it's oh. not even that bad either he's just saying like oh they're just they're dreamy bachelors or whatever like he's just kind of poking fun he's not like it's not like a real hardcore diss or anything
1: it's yeah not like addictive or anything yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. I
2: think they should. They took it. I think we should write more songs talking sure
1: <laughs> At least Scott Weiland. Um, well, rest did. rest in peace, Scott yeah. Weiland. Um, I did add this to digital. I would probably, I would probably, maybe pick this up on vinyl. But I'm super enthralled, and and I'm and I want to check out more. I haven't yet because, um, I just fuck. I haven't had time. But yeah, I want to check out more because I did dig it. I enjoyed it's gonna it. It's going to
2: be about the same for me. I, I did add to digital. Mm. I'm not going to hunt the vinyl. If I came across it and it wasn't uh, a high price, I'd snag it for sure. But yeah. I, and as far as like the list, I can see a bit on there. I feel like there's there were a lot of bands influenced by these guys. One band that, and I don't know, maybe I'm like way wrong on this, but that I kind of mm-hmm. hear um, in some of this stuff is Jeff. no jet at all you know they're the ones with that song are you gonna be my girl oh
1: okay yeah
2: and i hear pavement a little bit there
1: a little bit a lot more folksy though
0: in pavement right
2: yeah but just the stylistically like not necessarily genre
0: but yeah i feel Uh, you for for me i think um, i would need a little bit more time to keep listening before i say something as aggressive as this but the first thing that really caught my eye we were talking about this week was going to be the lcd sound system album which is they're one of my favorite bands one of my favorite albums um i honestly think i like this more than the lcd sound system album now wow like this is fucking christmas this is quickly becoming one of my favorite albums but i have basically i need a few weeks to cool down listen to it a few times before i get too crazy sometimes it's easy to get caught in the in the heat of the moment you know but i love this album
1: that's fair listen I'm glad you like it I'm glad you like it um I'm gonna I'll keep it on the list I think it's I think it's in about the right spot and uh yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: I'm good Just check it out I'm there too it's a good one now let's fucking get it yeah into it let's get into the jam
2: okay so coming in at number 433 is LCD sound systems sound of silver from 2007. James Murphy had proven his kung fu as the most badass electropunk producer in Clubland, but not even fierce fans dreamed he'd make a masterpiece like Sound of Silver. Every track sounded like a different band's greatest hit, from the political punk goof North American Scum to the synth pop breakup lament someone great. The song for the ages was All My Friends, huge, sweeping, ferociously emotional, with disco keyboards and rock guitars pulsing as Murphy looked back on the youth of killer parties and silent movies.
1: I fucking <clears> love <throat> this album. Yeah. With an unbelievable ferocity I love this album.
2: And same for Lee. And this was one oh, yeah. that, that you had mentioned you were excited for me to get into because I had never checked these guys out. I mean, there was, no, that's not true. There was like one from 2011 or 12 that I had listened to a couple times.
1: This is happening, probably.
2: That sounds right. But
1: um, after
2: getting through this several times throughout this week, I have to say I'm right there with you guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it, it, um, I, don't, I don't even know where to start with LCD sound system. So first of all, I, like, I didn't uncover LCD sound system until 2016 because um, Lee Samper and I have been going to Bonnaroo for a very long time together. In 2016, LCD sound system was announced as one of the headliners of Bonnaroo. And we were very confused. Yeah, super confused because we were like, we don't know who the hell these guys are and how in the world could they be headliners?
2: Well, that's how you guys got introduced.
1: Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Hey,
0: JB, this might surprise you, but I have a long history of being very pessimistic about every lineup drop and thinking it's the worst lineup that ever came out. <laughs> really? And when I saw a band that I didn't even recognize as a headliner, I was throwing firebombs. Yeah. They're salty. Yeah. He almost did. He,
1: he was threatening to not go. Because it just wasn't <laughs> worth it. Just was not worth it to go to the festival if there was going to be a piece of shit band like this. And, and that's so, still to this
0: day a top five show. I think I've seen. It's wow. so fun.
1: Unbelievable, unbelievable. But um, but what's tough to pick up with LCD Sound System in my mind when you just listen to the recordings, and I think it's easy to get it lost in these recordings, and I think you can hear it. But you know, either last week or the week before, you know, you introduced me to this idea of the DJ method. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is just thick. This is DJ method.
2: Yep. Right. Yeah, all the way through. The, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Especially the gradual addition thing. And okay, I. So that's what comes up even just from the very first fucking track. Yeah. Um, he does this thing where he just lays something down. Um, and then he adds another one. And then, and then another little layer. And then pretty soon it all comes together. And you're like, okay, I get it now. That thing I was confused about at the beginning now it makes sense where it fits in. <laughs>
3: yeah um yeah.
2: and specifically i wrote this down on one of these songs i gotta i gotta figure it out here um maybe it's get an octave. it might be the very first track Something one was a little kind of thing in it
1: did you really
2: <laughs> give me more track um i think it was the first one but anyways it reminded me of um herbie hancock watermelon man you guys know that tune
3: i do tune, yeah. but
2: i'm oh, okay. trying to think
3: about
2: it yeah. in a way that that like kind of starts with the little like and then the no you kind of comes in okay
1: so you're thinking about all my friends that's
2: the piano thing. i'm talking about something else i think it's i think it's getting innocuous. yeah
0: but i know what you're talking about let's talk about the hoo-hoo noise mike not the piano
2: yeah, I know. Remember the hoo hoo noise? It's a, <laughs> the hoo hoo noise that's <laughs> driving me nuts. <laughs> um, I'll show you after. Um, you're going to be like, "Oh yeah."
1: Yeah, because I do want to hear this. Um, the that that addition and build though is something that I didn't pick up on when I was just listening to the raw audio, right? Mm-hmm. That didn't click with me until I saw them live, and then I thought to myself, "Wait a minute, they're actually playing instruments. This isn't just." A DJ with a laptop with a yeah. yeah like making these noises this is like real instrumentation and the way that the instrumentation gets layered on top of itself is so masterful and his voice James Murphy's voice gets me every fucking time yeah, every time a great voice. you know and I also love uh, Nancy Wang who is the voice of you can normalize. Don't it make you feel alive? Yeah. <laughs> and I love it, love it, love it.
2: Yeah. What? Where wrote that I even wrote that down. What track is that?
1: That's on Get Innocuous. That's, that's the on, very that's the first track. track. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yep. Yeah. That's sort like the crazy, like atonal dissonant string outro thing where uh, all of a sudden goes to like bah, all these strings.
3: Bah, bah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Oh, I just realized I know that noise. The, the, the noise he's heard? talking about is in that song, I'm pretty sure.
2: I, I told you.
0: is yeah. it I I can, innocuous? Yeah. I can hear the noise now in whoop my mind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Listen, everybody, if, you, if you're out there and if you're listening to this and you haven't ever listened to LCD Sound System, please give it a shot. I mean, it's fun and it's genuine. At times, it's unbelievably heartfelt. Like for me, um, and it's funny because Rolling Stone do a fucking any modicum of research before you say that someone great is a synth pop breakup lament. Because
0: God, that's what it said.
1: Yeah, thank you. This is not a fucking breakup song. Like this isn't somebody that. Um, this isn't this isn't about a person that's not in your life because your relationship ended. This is about a person that's not in your life because the person's fucking dead. All right. Um, it's and even it's worse pretty... because he
0: literally, he literally says that his wife, he like mentions his wife in the song. So I know. It's clearly and... about someone external to that relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really just, it's so, I mean, that's a fucking, that's a terrible blatant, that's a, just a terrible oversight. But um, listen, this album, this album it's, it's really, really special. You know, I think that you have a wonderful mix of songs that some songs are just unbelievably celebratory. Um, All of My Friends is that song for me. Like, that's a song. Oh, that, so
2: that's the one that sounds like, and I had a student that brought this up tonight. And I was uh, it's Shane Parker, who's an who's a avid listener. And he could listen to this. So. Um, but All My Friends, sound, the beginning of it, it sounds like Bob O'Reilly.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
2: Yeah. There's like this sound going on in the background that is unmistakably bothered
0: and even the piano. the lyrics are so good and it's just about like aging and then sort of aging out of the rest of society and i think probably the older you get the more that resonates with you similar to like pink Floyd's song time yeah i don't know if you caught the lyrics much but if you look into those lyrics it's pretty they're very witty and they're also very like they're very real about what it feels like to get older and that's,
1: like, that's the nature of this whole record, right? And it, it really, lyrically, too, you got to dig into what he's doing because lyrically he's so smart and he's so sharp with his wit, you know? And you yeah. don't get, like, there's not a lot of artists that you listen to and you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty witty. Um, but that's all over this record, and it's all over the rest of LCD sound system, too. Though.
0: So what's, what's that song on the first album, Mike, that he did live when we saw him? and we were literally laughing hysterically at a song we had never heard before because it sounded like he was just ad-libbing but it was what does he talk about? He talks about losing my edge. Yes. That song is hilarious. <laughs>
1: losing my edge. I played it first for all the punk kids down at CBGBs, but they didn't get it. <laughs> See, I mean, you got to you got to check
0: that song out,
2: baby. Yeah. It's Hilarious. You got to love the CBGBs, reference.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But the fun danceability of some of the tracks on here, whether it's Us Versus Them, whether it's Get Innocuous, whether it's All of My Friends, when you juxtapose that with songs like New York I Love You But You're Bringing Me Down, and then Someone Great. And Someone Great is really, again, like there's very few songs that have this really, really stark emotional connection. And when you hear the words that he's singing and when you think about the words that he's singing within the context of the verses themselves it's um it's re- it's a really really powerful it's a powerful recipe and and I can't I would be remiss without saying that this song this song holds a special place for me because there was a guy that Leanne I- I went to multiple Bonnaroo's with, and um, and he struggled. Like he struggled with drug addiction. He actually didn't get to go to this Bonnaroo with us because he was like actively trying to um, get himself clean from opioids, and um, he ended up dying. He ended up dying shortly after we saw this at Bonnaroo, and so just because of the impact that that Bonnaroo set had on me, because of like just the lyrical content of someone great, um, every time I hear that song, I. I think about my friend Charlie and rest in peace Charlie. Like he's a really good guy. Gone way too fucking soon. And, and then there's
0: I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Lee. There's also like um songs like North Amer- North American scum. That's pretty much just like a straight ahead rock sh- rock song mm-hmm. with like electronical electronic instrumentation. Yeah. But there's just a huge variety on this album, I think more so than any of the other albums.
1: Yeah. The breadth, the breadth of what you're going to hear on here. Now, granted, it's all, it's all grounded in kind of electro pop, dance pop type of sound, if you will. So it, it all kind of has some of that same packaging. But like you were saying, North American Scum sounds like a straight ahead rocker. Um, Shout out
2: to uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> on that. Did you guys know that? That song, Step Brothers. That's in the scene where they originally meet each other. Is it really? Um, it really? On the front lawn. Yeah. And then he's like, you have to call me Dragon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, now I have to watch Step Brothers
1: exactly. again. Exactly. We're going to have to revisit it.
2: Yep, because so I, I was listening to it. and I was like, where the fuck do I know this from? And it took me a couple times. And I was like, oh, Step Brothers.
0: New York I Love You also has very funny lyrics, too. It does. It does. Like the uh, <laughs> the – Billionaire mayor now thinks he's the king stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
2: I
0: really liked uh, the
2: bass playing on that song in particular.
0: I love good. his uh, percussion Throughout yeah, all of their the albums, they have great yeah. live drums that add so much more than if it was just a drum machine in the background.
1: Yeah. I agree with you entirely. What is
0: that little? You hear
1: that? I do you hear it.
2: You got a woodpecker as a, <laughs> as a pet over there?
3: Do you you hear that? Yeah, do you hear that?
1: No, I think that... No, that's Lee. I got got nothing over here. That's Lee. It's only Lee.com.
2: Mute yourself for a second, Lee.
1: No, no, stop. Stop. Let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's
2: okay, Lee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If okay, so this is the impossible question. I think this is the impossible question for Lee and I. If you were only going to tell, like if somebody said, Listen, I can't I I don't have an hour to give to this album because this album is pretty much a solid hour, even though there's only nine tracks. So a lot of these songs are a lot of these songs are like six or seven minutes long. I would tell you Take the hour and listen to the whole thing, um, but that's because I'm a huge fan. If you only had one song to pick out for somebody that had no experience with this album, what would it be?
2: I really loved the opening track, "Get Innocuous, but I also really loved "Us Be Them." Mm.
1: What
2: do you think
1: about that one. I love "Us vs Them." Yeah, I mean, I really do. If somebody was only going to listen to one song, though, in in my mind, the one song would. Probably be all my friends
2: yeah I, I get that as well
1: it's a baby
0: someone great for me for sure oh
1: man well, I love just, that you
0: said that just Lee. the
2: fact that we all had fucking different answers tells you that you should probably just spin the whole thing
1: yeah because listen to your point get innocuous and us versus them yeah I mean I put I put three stars next to get innocuous I put one next to us versus them I put three next to all my friends I put three next to someone great I have stars next to every single song on the sound, with the lone exception of Watch the Tapes. Because Watch the Tapes, it feels a little bit like a throwaway to me. But outside of that Well, and Sound of
0: Silver, too.
1: No, see, I love Sound of Silver.
0: Sound of Silver.
1: Talk to me. Makes you want to feel like a teenager until you remember the feelings of a real life emotional teenager. Then you, you think do. again. Yeah. I think it's, kind of cool. it's basically that for like five minutes. That's all it is. Yeah. But but you do get like these weird ambient synth noises and stuff like that in the background that start to play so in and out. we
2: sing that together for five minutes.
3: And then
2: they can <laughs> sing that it. No, I, I, I think that was really cool. um, Yeah. There was actually kind of a cool bass line on that one, too. And then there was the DJ one on because they like absolutely it. They built it up they broke it down and readdition yeah of the drums
0: but mike is this your favorite lcd sound system album
1: yes this is Because
0: yeah. this is happening is mine
1: and listen i love this is happening i love the debut i there is not anything that they that james murphy and the crew haven't there's nothing that i don't love the most recent album that they released back in excuse me, 2018 American dream is my least favorite that I can tell you, but even on that album, there's stuff that I really, really enjoy and stuff that I really love. So,
2: so I assume you already own the vinyl.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, yeah, I listened to the vinyl a couple of times this week. I like it's part of my digital catalog already. And I did
2: add to digital and I would buy the vinyl.
1: Yeah.
2: And you think the list belongs on the list. You think?
1: Yeah. I think it's too low for me really yeah i'd move it up i'd like Take to see on the,
2: what uh justification
1: just um just I the quality no 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 you're f- listen the solid the quality of the songwriting both musically and lyrically and again i'm not like i'm not a huge lyrics guy but this is one of those albums that like i just i connect with this album on on a ton of different levels yeah. and and for me like
2: for us because we're both not lyrics. Guys, yeah, when lyrics do stand out, that's that kind of says something,
1: yeah. It says, yeah, it absolutely says something. And this is again, even on a song like Get Innocuous, where there's not really a whole lot of lyrical content, there's the earworms that are in there are just man, they're really, really deep, you know, like really, really deep earworms. So, I, yeah, I love it. I'd probably rather it be somewhere between three and 400, is where it would like to be for me.
2: I'm cool with, with with it being on the list. Absolutely, I don't uh, have a strong preference to move it up, but I'm not against it either. Yeah. But I think that uh, if I was to listen to some more LCD Sound System, because like I said, I'm, I've listened to the other one a couple times. The, the one that maybe I don't know if it's the next one after this. That this is happening. This is or, happening. Is yeah. The next one after this. Yeah, with
1: "Dance Yourself Clean" on it.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one. I to. Yeah. Um, I listen to that maybe a couple times, but I don't I don't remember it super well. Um so I, I think if I got more into this band I could get more on that train.
1: You could. Yeah. You could. Lee, where do you like this album on the list? Do you like it here? Would you move it up?
0: I would move it up and I would have it behind This Is Happening. Really? I'm a little bit concerned that This Is Happening is not gonna be on this list though.
1: Yeah, I don't um I would actually be a little bit surprised if it was on the list. Only because I think that, especially between "Someone Great," all my friends, well, just between those two songs, I think that those two songs would be more critical darlings than anything on Dan- "On This Is Happening" outside of "Dance Yourself Clean," which "Dance yeah. Yourself Clean," which is the first track on "This Is Happening." Fuck, dude, that song is that song just rips. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a fucking banger, like top to bottom. It's really, really good
0: yeah and with some of the stuff that I've seen on this list that you guys have gone over already, juvenile and some of that other shit, as much as I even like the juvenile album <laughs> juvenile. if that if that <laughs> this is happening if this is happening isn't on there that sucks. yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. welcome to our worldly. this is what we do weekly
0: Maybe we'll throw it on a snub
1: exactly
2: on this episode
1: Hey, before we move on um to an unbelievable album next. Which I know that we're all <laughs> going to love to a
2: far a superior ton. album to what we're currently discussing.
1: What I don't want to do is I don't want to go any farther without talking about um, friend of the show Rex Todd. I oh, was just about to bring I know, you, yeah. and we fuck this up every week. We do. We either completely forget about him until halfway through the show this week, or we start off with it and then fucking forget halfway through. Um, Sorry, Rex. We
2: love you. Um,
1: we do because Rex has literally been going album for album with us. Like, and I don't know how many other people are doing that. i like, I hope, I mean, I don't know that. I hope that everybody's been fucking going through this whole list with us. If you have been amazing. But, I have
2: heard from several people that are doing that. Wow. Now, which is kind of exciting.
1: That is exciting. Power. Listen, power to the people, right? Like the GameStop revolution continues on the list of 500, <laughs> but Rex is also sending us emails every week where he's given us his feedback. So, um, he had not listened to LCD sound systems since he saw them in 2006 at Lollapalooza still loves them, loves the instruments, loves the instrumentals. He calls it foot tapping music. And it's great to have on just to listen to his background as you're going throughout your day. Um, he also likes to listen to this and rock out with his cock out. He said genitalia, but I know that he's a boy. Um, so, um, that's what he said about LCD sound system going backwards. Um, he thought that the vocals of Pavement reminded him of Ween. Interesting. I don't know that I get that, but at he the
2: same time, of the songwriting, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: um, potentially. Is there any chance he's thinking of Weezer? No. Or he for sure knows who Ween is because I don't see that at all. Yeah. Okay. No. Absolutely. I always feel Weezer less
2: than Ween. You think? You think they sound more like Weezer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. He, goes, he goes even further. He says this mofo has got all caps to be the lead singer of Ween. If not, it's his vocal doppelganger. <laughs> That's pretty clear. About he's convinced. Yeah. yeah. No, he's convinced. And I absolutely know that Rex knows who Ween is. He's do not.
2: He's, do you think he thinks he sounds like Ween? Yeah. <laughs>
1: clearly. And listen, um, the Diener has like all. Wait, did I fuck that up? It's Gene. Gene. Yeah. The yeah. Gener, the Gener has all kinds of different voices that he uses yeah. throughout Mean recordings. And so I'm not gonna say that this is I'm not gonna say that Rex is full of shit, because I don't think that he is. Um, but ultimately he loved it. He thought it was a wonderful album.
2: Side note about uh, Dean Ween, mm-hmm. if you are so inclined, this is a real thing. You can hire Dean Ween to take you on a fishing excursion.
1: Oh yeah it's a real
2: thing. My uncle in Maryland. That, for his, I think it was in Florida, is where is where my is where my uncle did it at the time. I'm almost positive. But no way. It's in Maryland.
1: Maryland, because he lives right off the Chesapeake.
2: But there's no chance he like would do it down there. I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was in Florida. Could be totally wrong. But my uncle, for his birthday one year, him and his friends purchased him this little
1: fishing trip with Dean Ween. That's amazing. And They went
2: out on the boat with Dean Ween, and they he's caught some fish.
1: That's what I was gonna say. Like he's super big on this thing, and um. I mean, Lee, maybe you can chime in here too, but I mean, I've read multiple articles where he talks about how he lives on the Chesapeake, mm-hmm. he knows the waterways really well, and he loves going out with fans, because fans often charter his boat, they'll go out there, they'll have a good time, he'll sign some autographs, take some pictures, and he's not he's not shit about it, because he loves fishing.
2: What a like, life, man. He's either playing fucking wean or he's out
1: fishing. Or he's out fucking fishing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely in the Northeast. Although I can't swear that he doesn't ever take trips anywhere else. <laughs> it
1: could be yeah, true. It could be right. I'm pretty sure that it's. I'm pretty sure that he lives in Maryland and he does it around the Chesapeake Bay. Interesting. Yeah, That's what I think.
0: Are we
2: seeing the uh, the interplay between Lee Stamper and Jimmy Smitherson in the comments here? Did you notice that?
1: I didn't know. I no. Yeah. Because, <laughs> there's, because I, there's
0: like some. Oh, look at that, Jimmy! Jimmy commented. That's nice. <laughs> Jimmy commented back. Uh, Lee says Lee Stamper. <laughs> says, uh, John Mayer sucks,
2: and Jimmy. Jimmy's tuning in. He says, "Finally, Lee gets on."
1: Tuscaloosa, Jimmy. I'm glad. Hi, Jimmy. I'm glad that his his internet must be working again in Tuscaloosa. Yeah.
0: I was gonna yeah. I was gonna have him call in, but he's a little busy with the protest. So. Oh. What, Wait, what
1: protests? Protest? <laughs> he's protesting aliens. Oh, I thought you were gonna say he bought GameStop.
0: No no no. But like extraterrestrials, he just doesn't like them. He's against them? Yeah. Okay. That so yeah, makes sense. Pretty
1: big. Yeah. Um Seth Seth. Jesus Christ. Rex also was kind of into Pet Shop Boys. He called it a pretty good album. Not his jam. But he also said, It's not you, it's me. <laughs> which I which I really, really love. Um, you know, it's all right. It's all right for him. So Rex, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Also,
0: I want to apologize to Rex for how incredulous I was about the Ween thing. I'm going to have to, I've listened to a lot of Ween, obviously, but I'm going to have to go back and listen to some Ween songs and see if I can pick up that comparison.
2: Cause it doesn't sound yeah, like, kind of later,
0: but okay. I'll try it out.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I don't, I don't uh, immediately make that connection when I, when I think but uh, Yeah. Who knows? Maybe
0: when I'll like, never that. forgive JB for saying that, uh, that song on Opiate sounds like a Dave Matthews Band song.
2: No, it does. I promise.
0: I know, and I hate <laughs> you for that. I hate you for saying that because now I can't unhear it.
2: Oh, so you think I was right? You listened back. To yes, it? I do, and I'm not happy about it's like, it. Because I haven't got any feedback from 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 Mike or. from was <laughs> 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 crazy, so I'm glad to know I'm not the only person that that hears that shit. Ah, oh, Jesus.
1: Four
2: thirty-two.
1: <laughs> Four thirty-two. Released in 2004 ushers albums confessions is up next rolling stone says usher was already a star in 2004 a sly singer and slick dancer whose r&b hits found a home with pop fans but confessions which is one of the last 10 million plus sellers ever made turned him into an unstoppable juggernaut usher worked with a murderer's row of r&b and hip-hop talent from jimmy jam and terry lewis to jermaine dupree to just blaze the album moves easily from club records like Lil John and Lil Chris assisted smash yeah yeah to forgive me for cheating ballads to love you forever duets. 432. This isn't This isn't a throwaway. This isn't a 493. This isn't fuck. Where was Lady... This is in a notable position. Yeah. Where, like Lady she Gaga was, like, been thrown away, though. 461, 462, 468, something like that is where yeah. Lady Gaga fell. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about Usher? Actually, wait. Back up. If you take Yeah Yeah off this album,
2: well, see, here's what I was going to say Is it
1: on the list?
2: No, it's definitely not. I mean, it still has Caught Up, which was kind of a big one as well. Caught Up. Mm.
1: Um,
2: But it's probably not on the list without Yeah, I agree. And that's what I was going to say is this record is like a super cringy, cheesy, spoken intro.
3: Yeah. And then Yeah, and then
2: it's that held for me. For me.
0: Yeah. Um, and for, that- for, yeah, I wrote on there, I wrote a note that if Ludacris would be on every song on this album, it could save the album.
2: Yeah. On that, I mean, just talking about Yeah, the synth line on that, I mean, the key, line, whatever it is, dude, it, dude, like, think about that. That's three fucking notes. Three <laughs> notes. But there's no other. It's the entire thing. But how iconic yeah. is that?
1: I mean, but, it, okay, so if that song is not featured in The Hangover, do you know that song? Because I don't fucking Fuck know yeah. that song. No,
2: maybe oh, because, you, yeah, maybe. See, Mike, you're the wrong age.
0: But, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, dude, this is like an icon. And this is what
0: was playing like, at like school dances when jb and i were kids like this yeah this
2: was like the biggest okay. song at all the school dances
0: okay um, and,
1: and that's was, fascinating
2: listener shane parker and i were actually talking about that exact same thing earlier tonight too um yeah this is this is icon status that that song this is like one of the most famous like r&b synth lines ever written guarantee it like yeah i'm not even kidding and uh it's three notes that's all it is. <laughs> like, like, it's impressive. Like,
1: you did that with three notes. Yeah. And I will it. say, though, that listening to the a- full...
0: Sorry. No, go ahead. Listening to the full song, because obviously everyone knows those notes, but I've never sat down and listened to the full song, really. It's only like four minutes long, and I feel like it's two minutes too long. Like yeah, I got it- sick of it by the time we were halfway through it. That's the feature. The same thing over and over again that's the feature
1: right because that song that song was probably a two-minute song and then they were like man this thing's really hot that's right let's get luda on here because luda can drop some flow and and it'll just smash and And let's
2: get little john just
1: to say yeah (laughs) well and i think all he does i think he produced this though
2: oh did he because now i'm a lot more impressed I didn't realize
1: that. Did you really? I'm pretty sure that Lil Jon produced this. Lil
2: Jon is capable of producing something? Yes.
1: <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Yeah. I think they should have. <laughs>
3: that,
2: was, that was it, but that, like, we're like, well, this guy just says, yeah, but bring him in, yeah, fuck it.
0: They should have kept Ludacris and Lil Jon and taken Usher off that song. That I <laughs> <laughs> um, what does he add to it, really? Yaz.
1: Yaz yes. yes and production, apparently. I, listen I do like that song I will eternally have that song linked to the hangover in my head because yeah, yeah because I wasn't doing the school dance thing or anything Let's like that be
2: generational, yeah. yeah
1: but literally when I think of the hangover I fucking think about that song unequivocally like,
0: yeah I don't make that connection
1: I want to say like when they uh, first I know wake there, up
2: but I'm trying to remember
1: I want to say it's when they first wake up oh, in the hotel room.
2: It's like once the party starts raging and they start forgetting things. Yes. That first night. And then it carries over. To and then it carries
1: over yeah. when they wake up. You're
2: totally right about that. So it's like
1: the party montage of them getting fucked up and then they wake up. And so, yeah, like that's.
2: But I think for me, and Lee, that was, it was already such a big iconic song. That before that. didn't that. even mean
1: anything. Sure. that it was in there. Yeah. Know? And that makes sense. And
2: it's also been in a lot of other movies. Yes. But
1: Those three notes. Bro. I
2: get that, though. It's three fucking notes. It's, it's, it's kind of impressive, I gotta say.
1: Now, the rest of this album, the rest of this album, in my mind, can pretty much just go fuck off. Um, <laughs> lyrically, it is... You didn't
0: like
3: Confessions?
0: <laughs> that is the most unnecessary two-part song ever made. That did not need two parts. I was They're not even related. To what would what would part three have been?
1: would part three have been um honey, I'm really sorry, I've actually been hiding this girl and my illegitimate child, which you don't know about in this other safe house, the safe house that I wasn't just hiding my girlfriend in from confessions Dude, part I just, two I
2: just getting further deeper like confessions part four he's like. It's like, it's nice. That would
0: be far too interesting. I
2: my about this fucking But like, oh my
3: god. I mean, yes. That's, that's what, what I'm that's what I'm worried. <laughs>
2: But it just like it just gets worse and worse. It's like it's very like it's like watching an episode of Jerry Springer is how this happens. And it's just the odd specificity with which he like talks about his life. He's like, Oops, I'm not drunk. And now I gotta tell you. it's just it's so fucking ridiculous. I'm
3: so, I'm so sorry.
2: She's like and I got a call. She's got one on the way. <laughs> oh, God, it's so damn. mad. It's just, I mean, I don't know. Like, like vocally, he's a good singer.
1: But that's it's, Okay, it's, so that's what I was going to say.
2: The words that he's singing are the question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's, he's a good it's, singer, but is he doing anything that other R&B singers of that time didn't do? Like, nothing about what he's doing seems unique or special to me. This seems like the most generic R&B record imaginable.
1: I think it's worse than I don't think I don't even view this as a generic R and b record. I view this as a, a super talented singer, but like just shit writing. It's yeah, just shitty yeah, writing. Yeah. It's just shitty songwriting uh, all you around you were
2: just saying Lee like it's definitely like there are several contemporaries that you could argue are doing exactly the same thing. I mean, he has some good vocal like riffing and like some vocal runs. He does that are that are pretty impressive. I will say, gotta try to figure out if I can find which song this was on. Um, Do it to me. I hated oh the song for the most part, but there was one verse where he did like this cool little like blues bluesy verse. Remember what I'm talking about? And it was like it was like it was out of place almost. Because I, I wrote the rest of this song sucks, but there's one verse where he just does this kind of like. This bluesy like vocals singing line, and it's actually I kind of like that part, but then the rest was bad.
1: His voice is really amazing, and I, and I made that specific note on that song, like not yeah. necessarily in reference to like any type of bluesy riff that you're talking about, um, but it really, really was it really was good. And I also loved, and again, this has nothing to do with Usher, but like the duet that he did with Alicia Keys on My Boo, like that, like I actually really enjoyed that. So but, I didn't
2: listen to that one, actually, because that was
0: part of the bonus track. That yeah, was I wasn't good. listening to any bonus tracks. No chance. Yeah, I was like... You motherfuckers. Sorry, I like, wanted out of that album as fast as I could.
1: You guys so went was, fucking paper hands. What, no, you you did went it. paper <laughs> hands on motherfucking Usher Confessions. No, you, did,
2: you did the UK version.
1: No. You <laughs> paper-handed <laughs> yeah, motherfuckers. That yeah, you're an American. Hold the line. Mike's <laughs> not American.
2: Hold, hold the line. I'm holding it just like every good American. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, y'all should go out and listen to my boo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and my top priority. Yeah, no, we, I stopped at "Follow Me," um, which is track seventeen, and then the rest of those were UK edition bonus tracks. And I said, "Nope."
1: <laughs> you know the you know the only thing worse than Confessions Part Two?
2: But, was there a Part Three?
3: There was a remix. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And you know what? It didn't add to the song. It didn't add at all. Um, I, I'm i not keeping this on the list. I didn't add it to digital. I regret all of the time that I spent listening to this album. And may God have mercy
0: on my soul. What about you? I wrote that this is like if Pharrell sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to bring up real quick the song Can You Handle It? I don't know if you guys are paying attention to that song. I only picked up maybe half the lyrics, but I wrote I'm pretty sure he's hurting this girl and I don't like it. So
2: I wrote, is he talking about his love or his dick?
0: Both. (laughs) On that one. It sounded pretty gross, man. It sounded pretty yeah, pretty suspect. Yeah.
1: It's him asking if she can handle it,
0: her saying she can handle it, and then him talking about tearing things. I don't know that to do it. Yeah.
1: It's not good. There was the
0: one line that kind of like just stuck out in a bad way.
2: Um, That's what it's made for. He said, parlaying <laughs> in the bush again. Didn't think about what I was putting in. <laughs> 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 Can you get more?
3: Oh, man. <laughs>
1: Listen, Rex, um, I think Rex is right there with us. He was like, okay. Um Time music from time when I was young, dumb and invincible. His voice is unmistakable with great range. How many trills can somebody put into an album? Yes, that answer is no number. There is. What did he say? There is no number large enough. He says it's a classic. Usher sounds and beats giving me bad flashbacks of drinking dead Nazis and making bad choices with beautiful women. Next, please. Before I start drunk texting those women at it two a.m., like he liked it. Um he doesn't actually Rex does not give us like a definitive I like it I don't like it It, it sounds
0: it, like he's as tied to it as we are from a from a yes. nostalgic perspective.
1: Yes. but I don't that's think he's I drive it. around
0: listening to it most likely. Correct.
1: Correct. I do think there's a lot of nostalgia here for him. Yeah. Um and obviously like we've all said R- listen Usher is really talented. He's a really good, yeah. singer, you know, and he's got a good but outside of that, you know Fuck Off sorry,
3: yeah,
1: and I'm not, gonna, um, I'm not gonna keep it on the list. So, I actually signed vinyl, <laughs> no, I'm just
3: kidding.
2: Uh, did not add to this show, not gonna do the vinyl,
3: yeah.
0: And
2: for me, I'll take this off,
0: yeah. Even the UK version, you wouldn't buy the UK version on vinyl,
2: maybe just if they had just those bonus tracks on vinyl, I would do like a 45 <laughs> of those bonus tracks, yeah. <clears throat> Should we move on? Yeah, let's get the fuck. Yeah, so let's do it. Coming in at 4.31. Last album for today, although we will be doing a bonus episode after this, and Lee will be sticking around for that, I believe. I believe. Um, I do believe. I do believe. (laughs) Coming in at 4.31 is the lowest, lowest. How Will the Wolf Survive? from 1984. As Rolling Stone describes it, we were kids playing with long hair and plaid shirts playing... Sorry, I'm going to start that over. Cut. (laughs) We were kids with long hair and plaid shirts playing Mexican folk instruments, said Los Lobos, Louis Perez. But the band, Lifelong Friends from East L.A., became a surprise success, mixing traditional Mexican sounds with blues and rockabilly for tough, whomping roots rock like I Got Loaded and Don't Worry Baby. There are excellent songwriting moments, too, like A Matter of Time. A tender, moving dialogue between a young married couple with dreams of immigrating to find a better life.
0: I what did you guys think of Los Lobos? I love. It. I hated this album so much. Holy oh, shit! Really? Really? Why? I hate this more than the Usher album because I had high hopes for it. Damn. Seriously. It terrible. I wrote an alternative, an alternative title for this would be "How to Make Me Hate Saxophone in Under Forty Minutes." i hated every song that had saxophone i also wrote this would fit right in at a corporate picnic i that's kind i hated it so you know
2: what with the, with, as far as like the corporate picnic thing i get that there because this sounds very like show bandy like like the band that the normiest normies hire for their weddings mm-hmm. so to, to play. yeah it's like dad rock yeah no i get that but i didn't hate it as much as you did in fact, I thought there was some really solid songwriting on it. Yeah. Um, and I'm a sucker for Latin harmonies.
1: Yeah, like me there, too. There
2: a couple of those. And I thought the accordion playing, which normally I kind of write off accordion, not as much as harmonica, because most <laughs> of that is unnecessary, <laughs> um, as we know. Um, this, this sucks, right? yeah. um, the accordion was, was stand up.
1: I loved the accordion. Yeah. I loved the sax. Like on a matter of time. That that I literally wrote fucking sax back there is so good. Because the sax just uh-huh. kind of sits in the background on that song. And I and I fucking I really loved it.
2: Now, I like that they mentioned wow. a matter of time because for me, like songwriting wise, that was that was that was a really good song. Like good chord progression. Um kind of like swinging soul rock kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Second track, good horns. Um, but at the same time, I get what Lee's saying, because, because I played in a lot of wedding bands and like, if this band was to play it, like, like I said, the normiest, normiest wedding, it would be a, a big fucking hit and everybody would love it. And so this is not like something I'm going to listen to very right often.
0: And I was you surprised know? at how much I hated it, to be honest. I was actually looking forward to it because I've heard about them before and I thought maybe I would like it. And I just—it felt so uninspired to me. The whole. Do
1: you thing. guys? Do you feel like this album is on here um, purely because of the inclusionary efforts of Rolling Stone on this particular iteration of their list?
2: I don't think so, because it's not like like this is this is a rock band from LA. <clears throat> like a
1: it's Mexican, a weird one to have Mexican rock band. Yeah,
2: but if they're like if they're trying to be more diverse, they would include an actual band from Mexico. I would, I mean, this is just like Chicano rock from LA and in terms of like Chicano rock being, being represented, they got plenty to pick from, from Santana. So
3: mm.
2: like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's the reason it's on here. I think, I think it was, I mean, this was like a particular type of music that would be made in this decade. I kind of equate these guys a lot with like bands like Bare naked ladies, kind of similar to that for me a little bit. Mm. Um,
1: you hear that at all or no? I mean, a little bit, but there's just like you can't get away from the Latin inside of Los Lobos. Definitely, yeah. Right, and and because even though they'll go from like kind of bluesy songs to rocker songs to very like Tex-Mex, uh, you know, tejano type, they, um, it's still, it, it's all really, really good to me, you know, and I, I. I Love it, like yeah. I loved the breakdown, which I think that was the fourth track. No, the fifth track was the breakdown, and that you had really, really amazing and wonderful accordion playing with the sax. It was like a, it was a two for one deal between the accordion and the sax that I just can't get enough of. And so, yeah, well,
2: that was I'm like where the accordion and the sax, and the bass and the guitar were doing like this arpeggio, like, dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, dun. I mean. It's all simple. That's the thing. It's like it's it's very simplistic. It's very, very highly palatable music. Like this is yeah. gonna well, go really, really well in a setting where people are really vanilla when it comes to music. Yeah, you know. And but at the same time, it, it was well done. Like it's 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 upbeat. It's it's pleasant. It's a it's a happy, joyous kind of min, like tonality. Um, with, with some good playing. Some really, really solid playing. Good horn fills. But I get what Lee's saying. Because, like, for me, this is just... Like, I'm not going to put any real effort into listening to this again. And it's not at the top of my list for, for something that I really want to invest much time into. You know?
1: I will
0: say the stuff yeah. I liked was the... And more I'm definitely
1: I- not upset by... I'm definitely not... I'm not upset by anything that Lee has said. I'm Mm. not upset by anything, um, you know, that you have said throughout any of this. Like I agree with everything for the most part that you guys are saying, but I do have an appreciation for it. Yeah. You know, and especially at the time that it was made, um, I'm down. I I mean, I'm okay with it being on list. I'd probably move it way back. I don't think it needs to be anywhere near, so that's kind Where of what it's I wrote,
2: at. too. Is that I'm, I I could probably be convinced for list, but but I'd probably move it down. Um, and I remember last week we were kind of speculating a little bit. We were like, I wonder how many of these songs are are in Spanish. Mm-hmm. There's only one. Only and one. Yeah,
1: there. and that shocked me. That really really shocked me.
0: I liked the more. Or, last. To to me, I'm if you're
1: only going to sure. listen to one album, if you're only going to listen to one song on this record, I would I would tell you to listen to the breakdown. Or a matter of time, you could do either
2: matter of time was really really good um i kind of have a a soft spot for i got loaded just because i performed that a few times in a couple different
1: that's a great song
2: show band kind of things it's a fun one it's a fun one about getting getting drunk (laughs) yeah it's about yeah absolutely party song um evangeline was kind of nice some good good guitar playing on that um i actually heard in some of the bluesier tunes i heard stevie ray Vaughn on the guitar Mm -hmm. um which makes sense given the time period Yep. Um, and then there was an instrumental called little King of everything was track number 10 12 string guitar led the charge on that one uh, some good layers came in and I kind of thought that what did you what did you think about that instrumental Lee do you like that one
0: no I didn't like any of this <laughs> I seriously actively I, think you're so, so I would say don't listen to any of these songs and listen to Chicano Batman huh. instead.
1: Lee, are you still there? Can you not hear me? Uh oh.
2: Well, we'll get that figured out. We're, we're getting towards the end of this episode, anyways. So, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was was it was a solid record, but it just comes down to I have to budget my listening time, and I'm not gonna put a whole lot of effort into listening to this record. And I think uh, back to. I did not edit to digital. Not interested in the vinyl. You could convince me on the list, like I said, but it's going to come down quite
1: a bit. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the and I'm the same way there. You know, I'm okay with keeping it on the list. I'm probably going to move it way, way down on the list. I didn't add it to digital. I'm not. Mis- I mean, I guess maybe if I found the vinyl, maybe I would pick it up because I really did enjoy the record. Yeah, I and mean, I really did. Yeah, and I know that sounds bizarre to say that I'd pick up the vinyl, but I wouldn't bother adding it to digital but that's just more because this is an album that I could see myself picking up and just throwing on just to walk around the house to. Yeah. But the idea that I'm ever going to be driving around in my truck or like, you know, taking a walk with headphones on and, and I'll choose this album. I just don't necessarily see that.
2: I totally uh, get it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of, <clears throat> you know, between you and Leah yes, because yeah. I mean, I did not enjoy this and, and, Yeah. and like, and I mean, it's a good record. So you're going to have, you're going to have fun listening to it probably. Um, But yeah, it's just not at the top of my list. It doesn't like nothing really sticks out as something that I, that I want, that I want to listen to again and again.
1: Now Rex did like it. Rex thought it was a nice blend of Tejano rock and roll and just damn good music. He loved the album, you know, and, and I get where he's coming from because he really likes the vocals. The the cohesiveness of the band is another thing that he mentioned. And I, and I absolutely get that. So, um, Listen, all that being said, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for sticking through this with us. Um, We probably have another little bit of a lag in getting this up onto the podcasting services. So just be patient with us, but you're always going to be able to find this on YouTube. Um, As we look out into next week, we got another five coming up for next week. So next week, we're going to do 430 through 435. And at 430, it's gonna be the 1977 album from Elvis Costello, My Aim is True.
2: And then uh, 429 is The Four Tops,
1: Reach Out. At number 428, we get back to Kraut Rock. Yeah. How excited are you for that? I'm next. actually
2: pretty excited because I really loved Cam.
1: I did too. So this uh, next week, we're gonna be talking about Husker Du's album from 1985, New Day Rising.
2: 427 is Al Green, uh, his second record on this list, the first being his greatest hits. So I'm sure that will come up Yeah, um, and we'll lament the greatest hits being on the list. But Al Green, call me. Yeah. 427.
1: Call me an asshole for having a greatest <laughs> hits album on here. And the last album we're going to talk about next week is from 1988, Lucinda Williams, the self-titled album, Lucinda Williams.
2: And we want to give a big thank you to Lee Stamper from onlylee.com to being on the podcast, but we do want to make it clear that we were contractually obligated to to Have him on, yeah. Um, as as him having my primary stake in the ad share space of this list sucks,
1: and and his attorney team headed up by um, headed up by Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani is a terrible turd, and he just wouldn't let it go until we got Lee onto the podcast. And and just to be clear, we would love to have Lee chime in. Lee, can you talk? Is it working?
2: Are you, are you can you hear me right up? now? We'll run now.
1: Um, it sounds like he's not, but you know what?
2: It. We're gonna get that figured out in in time for the bonus episode, yeah. which is coming up here in just a few minutes. We're gonna take a little break, and then we're gonna be back with another bonus episode detailing uh, an album that we believe to be potentially believed to be snubbed mm-hmm. on this list. Um, and that album is gonna be the Flaming Lips' debut record. Here it is for nineteen eighty-six. So yeah. that's coming up here shortly. Little break, and coming up.
1: All right. So. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.
0: You're not getting anything here?